Hey guys, welcome to the Emetophobia Podcast. Today on the episode, we talk with Lisa. She's over on Instagram at the Yorkshire Clayton. Awesome conversation. We went into some things I've actually never talked about with emetophobia, um, some, some different coping mechanisms and some different techniques to help deal with it. So awesome episode. Really glad to have her on. Let's get into it. All right, that should be better. Cool. Does it sound a little louder now? Yeah. Awesome. So uh, what can we call you? I'm Lisa. Lisa. Nice to meet you, Lisa. I'm Casey. Nice to meet you too. Hiya. Awesome. Where are you from? I'm from England. England. Awesome. I'm from (laughs) Michigan. Good old great north. Wet. So you just sat in your car? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I had to go to work today for an hour or so and finish some stuff up. So I just figured I'd stop and hang out on the way and do a couple podcasts. It looks nicer where you are than where I am. <laughs> yeah, it's always sunny here lately. But we got the snow coming here in a couple of weeks. So we'll be, uh, we'll be drowning in snow for yeah, the next six I'll months. So. Is it really always gloomy there? Oh, no, wow. no, no, no. It's, it's just winter now. So this is kind of what it's going to be like now for like five months. Damn. Yeah, we get about the same thing. It's just constant snow every day. Just I remember a couple of years back, I couldn't even drive down the road. The snow was so so uh, tall; it was like up over my windows and my car. Is so so much snow, so it's terrible. But uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. It's exciting. Thank you. So let's hear uh, your story. Let's hear what's going on. So, emetophobia. Yes. Um. I've only actually really found out in the last couple of years that it's actually a thing that exists. Right. It's not just me. Yeah. Um, and actually why why I've got it. Um, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that it's not something that will ever go away properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried all sorts of like therapy, CBT. I've done EMDR. I've done counselling, hypnotherapy. I've tried everything and I am better than I was, but I don't think it will ever fully go away. Um, I've had it as as far back as I can remember. So from being maybe three, four years old, I've always been really, really fearful of, I don't know what I'm allowed to call it on this, but vomit, whatever you're allowed to call it. Yeah, I can always put (laughs) a a trigger warning at the beginning or something. Yeah. For sure. Um, So after doing counselling, that that really didn't do anything for me. CBT helped a little bit, but the best the best I've had is the EMDR. If you've ever heard of that, no, I haven't. What is that all about? Um, that's um, they use it mostly for people with PTSD, so it's quite okay. It's quite um, I don't know what the word is. Hard Intrusive. going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they they can use like they can do it in a few different ways. So they can use lights. Or they can use like uh, little buzzers that you hold, and it's it's kind of like a hypnotherapy, and they go into like your memory, um, and you I've actually unlocked memories that I've blocked out doing it, which has actually really? helped me. Wow! So that was one of the, one of the ways I sort of found out the full reason why I'm so fearful. Um, so going back to like when I was little, I was in the car with my grandma. And she had an epileptic fit and she was mm. poorly everywhere. Um, mm. I remember that, but I don't remember, I didn't at the time remember anything else after that. Once I'd done the EMDR, 
and actually went back to that memory and unlocked the reason why I then got more fearful is because we stopped at the side of the motorway. I don't know what you call it. What do you yeah, call highway. it? Anyway? Highway. Highway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, my mum and dad got her out of the car because she was being so poorly. Um, but what they actually did was put her back in the car next to me. Mm. And I think it was, that was the start of the fear. Um, and then my sister had pneumonia, so she was quite sick as we were in, in like growing up. Um, and then I think the final thing, like the final nail in the coffin for me was I was at a barbecue and someone had not cooked the chicken properly. Now, thankfully, I had not eaten any, thankfully for me. But I think it was just like all those combinations of things together. And that's where it all started. For sure. I, I, I realized that too, where a lot of times it's just a lot of little things building up to it. And then there's just this one random thing that flips that switch. And then we just, we go into that whole um, crazy uh, metaphobia style thought, uh, thought process. And um, it just changes our whole lives. And yeah, for me too, it was, um, when I was younger, I was always very afraid of it. I always like didn't want to be around other kids who were sick. I, I could not be around people who were, were getting sick. And then uh, over the years, as it progressed, it started to get worse and worse. And I remember one year, um, do you ever get that like anxiety, like frog in your throat feeling? Yeah. yeah, I got that for a whole year and it just wouldn't go away. And I just was always anxious and scared and everything. And then it went away all of a sudden, just randomly went away. And I was like, well, that was weird. So then um, all the, the whole, my, my stories from somebody getting food poisoning in a car with me. And, yeah. and then after that day, it all came back again. And it, it just so much worse. And it was just debilitating. I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't go around people anymore. And it just kind of ruined my whole life. Um, but then I look back at like all the signs that built up to that to see like when I would get the flu, I would sit on the couch and just hold it in. I would not get sick at all. I would just sit there yeah. and hold it in as long as possible until the point where I was just so sick feeling. And that was just because I was so afraid to do it. And um, yeah, it's, it's been about eight years for me now where I've been full blown emetophobic and just scared as can be of everything. And then in the last maybe three or so years, I really started dealing with it and, and coping with it and getting on the road to recovery. So it's crazy. Yeah. I think what you were saying about having the frog in the throat, the way I just try and describe it to my husband is there's nothing that explains why that feeling comes on. There's no mm -hmm. event. It's just one day I'll be like, I feel like something bad's going to happen. That's yeah. the only way I can describe it. And I'm literally, and then I get really anxious and I'm anxious that something bad's going to happen. And then I immediately think someone's going to get poorly. Mm -hmm. So, and then I don't sleep properly and I'm just, it's just a nightmare. All you yeah. can think about. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's anywhere you go. Like, I'm not really fond of getting on public transport, or I'm not really keen on flying. I do, but yeah. whenever I go on holiday, it's like it's just in the back of your head all the time. It's horrible. Yeah, I really need to get on a plane. So, like, the one thing I haven't done yet, as far as my really? recovery goes, I've been I've done like everything else. Oh, boats and planes. I, I did go fishing, went on a, like a little smaller boat and like went out and everything. And that was okay. Still got really anxious and nervous and everything, but yeah. being on an actual plane, even now during COVID is just terrifying. So I, it's something I need to do, but just scary. I think I'm, I am fairly lucky. I know I'm not in some elements. I'm not suffering as much as other people with it. So I can still drink alcohol, but I know my limit. I know when mm -hmm. to stop. So I never, ever get really drunk. 
I'm the same way. Yeah, I always like have to gauge out like this beer is gonna make me feel like this, then one more beer is yeah. gonna, then I always have to drink yeah, yeah. water in between. And yeah, there's always like those. But that's all part of the metaphobia though too, is just is. thinking that way for sure. I have a lot of gin and tonic. It's better because then I can have just a tonic in between, and no one ever knows. There you go. And everyone yeah. else is absolutely <laughs> wasted, and I'm just like. I know I'm always like the most fun person at the party because everybody knows I'm not going to get sick. They're like, we know you're going to be good. So like they can always know how to hang out with me if they want to. So it's exciting. But yeah, yeah, you need to get on a plane. I, I find uh, traveling with my husband quite good because I know he's never poorly. I always sit yeah. next to the window, which really annoys him. So I, I get the window and he just gets the middle right. seat. Um, I've never actually seen anyone poorly on the plane. That's the thing. Like, yeah. never, not once. Nowadays, it's probably better because there's so few people on the planes, you know, everybody's so spread out. So I feel like yeah. you can just, even if it did happen, you just throw some headphones in and just look down. That's and just it. Kinda, I do. Yeah. I do tend to like stay in our little bubble yep. of seat and I don't like to get up or go anywhere while I'm on it. But yeah, yeah even for me, like on holiday, even some, some holidays before I had the EMDR, I was fearful of being sick because of the sun. Because yeah. obviously... I'm from England, like we don't get that <laughs> around here. Sure, I was yeah. scared that I was going to get sunstroke, so I'd stay out of the sun quite a lot. Um, yeah. And holidays are probably where it triggers for me quite a lot with the food, the different restaurants, the different water, like, and all all of that stuff. You guys got to have it good up there, though. It's because in here in the United States, like we have some beautiful stuff, but like you guys are going all over Europe and like seeing some really cool stuff. And it's like, I just, I, I wish I could do that for sure. That's really? it's just scary. Cause it's like, it's like a 14 hour flight for us to go anywhere. Oh, else, yeah. you know what I mean, it's, it's a very That's long so, ways. Yeah. Maybe that is the difference. I get on a two hour flight and I'm on a order. We just drive everywhere. We just, and I've only, yeah. I live in Michigan um, and I've only been to maybe like the four States that are under Michigan. So it's like Ohio, Wisconsin, Chicago. And uh, so it's just, I don't go very far at, at the beginning and it's bit definitely because of the emetophobia. So I'm just yeah. afraid to go too far away from home to where I'll be in a situation where I can't go back or I'm too far away where it's just, I don't know anybody. I don't know what's going on. And it's just, it's so terrifying for me, but I have been really pushing myself lately to go farther and farther away and, and try to get out into yeah. the world and see things. So it's, it's, I'm more, not going to let this hold me back. The more you do and then you realize you're all right, it mm -hmm. kind of improves the situation. Yeah, yeah. I know I was vegetarian for like 20 years just because of emetophobia because of yeah. the chicken at the barbecue I didn't eat meat for about 20 years and then I just didn't introduce bits here and there and every time I ate the meat and I was fine then I'd try something else I'm still a bit iffy with the steak being rare I'm still a bit iffy with that but yeah mo most things I'm not too bad with now I hear that a lot. It's crazy how one small little thing like that too can really change your whole mindset on meat and everything else. Yeah. And I had that same thing happen where uh, my mom cooked some, I don't know what it was. I mean, it was fish or something like that. And it ended up making everybody in my whole house sick. I had a bunch of friends over for something we were having and everybody got sick from, had food poisoning. And I was the only one that didn't eat it at the time because I didn't really like the fish anyway. And that whole thing ruined fish for me. And I just ate 
some fish the other night that my girlfriend made and it felt good because I was just I've been working my way up to those things and now every yeah. time I get a I get a burger it's always medium I'm just like I'm not gonna burn the shit out of my burger every time I want to eat one I'm gonna enjoy it now so it's like I really try to push myself as much as possible I think a lot of people with metaphobia should do that and just that whole uh, introduce things slowly don't don't overwhelm yourself right at all all at once just kind of take a little nibble of some chicken here and there you know and, and then tell yourself I'm fine like everything's good I'm not, and if you need to check it out a bunch of times and make sure it's okay that's fine but definitely yeah. you need to try new things and not just let it take over your mind you know that's the big deal so I think sometimes though I can feel like I'm doing all right and then I have one stressful day so if I'm stressed at work or I find stress triggers the emetophobia so I'll go downstairs to cook so I'm working from home at the moment because of COVID mm -hmm. I've had a really stressful day and I go and try and cook something it doesn't matter what it is something will be wrong with it I'll find something wrong with it and then yep. I have a bit of a we call it a paddy a bit of a, a what would you call it um <laughs> I don't know what you call it like um like a problem not a, not a meltdown but I have a bit of a tantrum yeah tantrum. okay gotcha Gotcha. Um, because I'm frustrated because I know deep down there's nothing wrong with it but I just can't eat it it's not worth it yeah. I get the same way and it's crazy when I go visit my mom and, and help her out and stuff um, she'll make me dinner and a lot of this started my friend got food poisoning because of my mom's food because back then she was drinking a lot and she kind of would just leave stuff out on the stove and not put it away for a day or two and then be, oh okay just throw some wrap over it put it in the fridge Sounds and I'm awful. like oh no so my friend got food poisoning because of that so now every time she makes me food i'm like well i need all the ingredients show me what you made it with i need to look at everyone make sure they're all good and not out, the, out of date or whatever and so and those little things they just kind of build up in your mind over time and you always have to do that but yeah i get frustrated too and so does she where she'll be like well, you're really not gonna eat my food like really you're not gonna do it and she gets like mad at me about it and it's like i'm sorry i just i can't think of it any other way now it's just something that i'm it's in my head and i can't get rid of that yeah. so people don't sucks. understand though unless Unless you've lived with them for a very long time with it. Yeah. So I've been with my husband, how long? Probably like over 10 years. We've been married 10 years, so we must have been living together like 15 years. Yeah. And he's known about it since day one. And he's only just, I mean, he still has his moments where he don't understand. But he's right. starting to understand now. But with like certain family members and friends that, and some of my friends don't even know I've got this, really. Mm -hmm. It's not something you just go, guess what? Same, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I go to like a barbecue, it's like trying to see the packet, see if you can see the date or it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. And then sometimes seeing the date and knowing it's out of date and then is it has it been frozen, you don't know. And it's just, it just goes yep. around in your head. You don't want you to can, be you can make up anything about it. You can make up any any irrational fear you want about it in your head because it's just like it's that fight or flight feeling. It's like I don't yeah. want to get sick. So I'm gonna make sure I think of every single thing that could possibly go wrong with this. And it's just it's never good for us in the end of it all. For nah. sure. So yeah, it's it's hard too because um emetophobia is kind of like a it's a hidden illness. So when somebody looks at you, they don't know you have metaphobia at all. They don't know anything's wrong with you at all. They don't know you have any, any mental problems whatsoever. So I think everybody just always assumes that we're all normal people that I can just do anything that everybody else can do. And then it's it, inside of our heads though, we're going, we're going crazy, freaking out all the time, trying to figure out what's going on with food or with people around us or where we're at and everything. So I think that's the other thing too, is it's like, not being able to see pain you know you can't see somebody who's in yeah. pain unless they're showing it so with the metaphobia nobody can see that they all think we're just crazy and we're just making up all these fears in our heads and then they don't understand where we're, what we're going through so it's hard to get them on our level you know 
you tend to get a lot of oh well I don't really like Sick either and you're like no yeah. like I will literally run away from you I'm not yeah I'm, not like, joking. I'm gone as soon as you yeah. as soon as you get sick I'm out of here man no I get that it's, and I try to explain it too like imagine if you had like this very very strong fear of snakes and I just came up to you and threw a snake on you like that's what it mm. feels like to us and it's like but imagine everywhere you went, you always thought a snake was going to be jumping out behind a tree or something. Like, that's what it feels like. It's It never goes away. So no. we're, everywhere we go, no matter what we're doing, we're always thinking about it constantly. And that's the hard part to explain. Even like in a cinema or if I go to mm-hmm. a concert, I'm just like the seatings, like you're always lower down than the people behind you. And it's just like that. Oh, I don't like that feeling. I'll still go because yeah. I'm determined that there's certain areas that, that I won't challenge, like I will not go to the fair. Yeah, I'm saying um, I, like I won't go either. on like roller coasters and stuff like that. Um, but there's certain things that I will. I'm determined it won't change. What are you like? Um, do you live with your girlfriend? I do, yes. And what are you like when she gets poorly? Well, she actually, we just, um, I, she got pregnant recently. We ended up, uh, we lost the baby because of some health problems, but. Um, while she was pregnant, it was about maybe, I don't know, 10 weeks or so. She was sick almost every morning. And with that, I could really justify it in my brain to, and I kind of, um, put my thought process more into making her feel comfortable and not sick versus me freaking out about her getting sick. But, um, I'm also, she just came home the other day from the bar and was really drunk when she came home and, I was freaking out. She calls me and I can just hear how drunk she was in her voice. And like, I know that when she's that drunk, it kind of scares me. So I, I just sat on the bed. I put a mint in my mouth. I hung out for a minute. I ended up talking to one of my friends who also has emetophobia. We kind of just chatted back and forth and he just kept saying, she's going to be fine, man. Like she's going to get home. And when she got home, I had two bottles of water ready for her, a bag of pretzels. I was like, you know, eat some food, drink some water. I want you to drink a whole bottle when you get here and like, then go take a shower, chill out. And we'll, we'll see what happens from there. And I kind of, um, instead of freaking out about it and running away now and, and being scared of it, I try to just focus all my energy on making her feel as comfortable as possible. So she doesn't get sick. That's my whole goal now. And she hasn't had the flu or anything. So that's kind of, I'm still, I mean, I still have things I have to work on too and, and dealing with the flu and having people being really sick and actually being ill is kind of scary to me. And it's still something that I need to work on, but um, yeah. if it's, if it doesn't have to do with being actually sick or having a virus or anything, I'm okay with it and I can justify it. I'm still very I scared. I get panic attacks, but, yeah it's just and then having she has two kids as well a three and a four-year-old so um, they also get sick a lot as well so it's just it's like having to deal with all that it's kind of come on me it's been a little overwhelming but I've been able to really focus my energy more on making them feel comfortable than than my own personal emetophobia so it's been good it's been good for me too something I definitely need to work on if I think you're right I think if it's like if you can justify in your head why they're sick and it's I think for me my emetophobia is more like fear when they are actually poorly like a contamination of the illness and probably because I'm scared of being sick myself Mm -hmm. whereas if they're drunk or pregnant you're not gonna there's no way of you catching that sickness so but I know if my husband's had um like you call it the flu I have to sleep in a separate room I just can't relax I just can't and I'll sleep in that separate room for days, like three days, four days, until I'm confident he's, he's definitely better. Do you leave um, him alone I, completely when, when you do yeah, that? I yeah, I won't go near him. Scary. And it's, it feels so crappy because it's like you want to help them and make them feel better. Yeah. But at the same time, you're just like, it's fight or flight, man. I cannot get sick. So I, I'm sorry, but you're on your own on this one. And I told her that from day one. I brought it up right away. I was like, I have a metaphobia. 
if you ever get sick, I need you to know right now, like, I, I don't want to be a dick about it, but I cannot be in there with you, like holding your hair back and helping you out. I'm sorry. Wow. I was like, it's just not me. I'm sorry about that, but I just can't do it. And she's understanding of that and she knows what's going on. So it's all about finding people who are understanding. I think it's a big deal. I've got a five-year-old as well. I was really brave. Yeah. I had a baby. Really? How <laughs> I was think that? I must, I must have been like, I think for a lot of years, the emetophobia like, was a long, distant memory. Um, once I'd moved out my mum and dad's house and I was living alone and I was in control, I think I, it eased off a little bit. It's good. Uh, so by the time I wanted a baby, I was absolutely fine. Like, I was... I was fine. I weren't sick at all during pregnancy, not once. So I was all right. Labor, not sick at all. I felt a bit sick, but I don't know why. I just didn't, it didn't seem to affect me as much. It seems to have come back again since my son's got a bit older and he's been having bugs. Yeah. Um, First couple of bugs he had, I literally ran off and there's no worse feeling as a mum than running away from your child when they're poorly. Um, yeah, and that was I, I know, that was for sure. that was exactly the reason why I went for the EMDR because it was I had to do it privately. It was really expensive to do it, but that was like a really dark point, like running away from him. And if I'm honest, I'm still waiting for the next one to know how I'll react. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a ticking time bomb, but we'll have to see. I want to touch on that too. Um, how has COVID nineteen and everything been affecting your emetophobia and your general anxiety and stuff? Um. To be honest, I think had this been 12 months ago, it would have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point before I had the AMDR where I literally didn't want to be alone with my son in case he were poorly. Yeah. Um, but since I've had that, I've been like so much more relaxed. I think at the very start, I went a bit OCD, like washing my hands a lot and just like when I went out for food and stuff, it like food shopping, it was, it was a bit of a nightmare, but... I've coped fairly well with it, to be honest. It's, it's not really affected me as much as it would have done, like I said, 12 months ago. I was working the longest days just so I didn't have to be at home because I was fearful that my son was going to have another bug. Whereas now I'm just like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's the way. <laughs> yeah, that's the way we got to justify it too. Is just like it's it's not not in our control, and that's the mindfulness thing I've been practicing myself is trying to focus on the now and not the future or the present, or the future and the past, and just focusing on like what do I feel like right now? What is going on with me right now? What is happening with me? What's happening with my family right now? Not not tomorrow, not the next week, right now. And I always try to just keep it to a day by day basis. And I mean, I think about the future, obviously, I have to think about certain things. But as far as like them getting sick or anything else, I'm like, if he starts getting sick, you get sick. There's nothing I can do about that. If we need to take him to the hospital, we'll do that. Um, maybe I need to run away for a couple of days and go to a hotel. Like, it's just, that's okay to do those things. But um, I just try to not focus on that as, as, as much as I can, and just really focus on keeping everybody happy, healthy, everything in check. And, and, um, we try to really keep them away from other people now too, because of COVID. Cause it's just, I don't want yeah. the kids getting COVID. Cause I, I have a job where like, if I lose my job, we lose everything. So it's just, I can't really get out of work. And if I do get any signs of having COVID or anything, I have to take two weeks off no matter what. So wow. it's just like a scary situation to be in. So I'm just like, we need to keep them as healthy as possible because they are dirty little kids and they're grubby and they like crawl around <laughs> in the dirt and put their hands in their mouths. And it's just like, I don't trust them at all to keep themselves healthy. So it's all about what we can do. We always wear masks. They always get hand sanitizer yeah. every time we leave and leave the car, come back in the car. So 
just uh, keeping everything on track and, and everybody healthy is my way of dealing with that as well. So yeah, I'm quite lucky. I am working from home, so that's good. I'm absolutely fine work-wise, you know, what, whatever happens. Because well, our schools are open at the moment, um, but they were shut for about four or five months, I think it was. And yeah. that was difficult, trying to work with him in the house. That was so hard, but at least I don't have to worry, like, about you know like you said you've got to take two weeks off if you've got any signs that financially how do you manage that yeah I don't know that's I am trying to transition uh, I made the website emetophobias.com and I'm eventually trying to transition that into more of a blog website to, to write about mental health and, and emetophobia and stuff and I don't want to become rich off of it obviously but I just I want to make enough money from that to be able to work from home and spend more time with my family and, and the podcast and everything else just this podcast has been blown up it's amazing I mean I have nothing really? but support with everything so yeah I I'm have another podcast like, as well so I'm just like amazed that there's other people that feel the same like I've lived for so many years where nobody even knew what it meant and now it's yeah. just like, there's so many people on Instagram now that that are exactly the same but I think you are one of the only men I'll be honest yeah it's, 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 it's rare. generally women it's and I don't know why well and I wanted to touch on that too um from from all the information i've gotten so far from everybody because i've asked this question a lot to a lot of people because my even my podcast my statistics say that there's 98 percent women listening to the podcast and two percent men so it's it's very low on the, the male side of of things so i think it's just the general like we need to just deal with it i think that's what we all think like as men in our heads is don't let our feelings out. Don't go to a counselor. Don't talk to anybody about this. We just hold it inside and we just deal with it. However we know how. And the two guys I've talked to, um, well, I, I talked to about four, four guys now, I think all together that have had emetophobia. Two of them were pretty open about it. Talked to me normally. The other two guys were like, dude, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like I've just been stuck in my own head, freaking out about yeah. this for the last like four years and had no idea what was even happening. And I'm just like, well, do some research man like learn about yourself learn, like, really get in tune with your own mental health because it's it's important it's not just like we just have big muscles and we just get on with our lives that's not how being a man works you have to be in tune with your own mental health as well because it's very important to to be mentally healthy as, as well as physically healthy so it's just something that i think not a lot of us want to talk about and we hold yeah. it in and we don't say anything about it and then it ends up making it worse and worse and worse and I, i've heard of some people with emetophobia who were male killing themselves just because they didn't know what to do they were just lost and they were stuck in their own house, couldn't leave. They didn't know what to do about it. And they just took their own life. So it's like, if I can prevent that from happening with anybody, it, women or men, I, I think that that's my, my goal is to, to never make people feel the way I felt when I was at my worst, you know? So that's yeah. why I made the podcast. So, yeah. so one of the things I learned during my therapy is the reason I'm so fearful is because I associate vomiting with death. Okay. Because all of the earlier sicknesses were quite traumatic it wasn't just you know how we I don't know like it weren't even just like the stomach flu as you call it or pregnancy it was literally people that could die and that's that's what brought out my fear and I'm just wondering like whether that is a general feeling across people with emetophobia or if that's just me yeah I don't know um my own personal fear sometimes I don't even know why I'm afraid of it like there's times where I'm just like, why am I so afraid of this stuff? And it, it just kind of, I look, I try to look back on all the reasons why I have emetophobia and all the things that built up to this. And it just, none of that, it was all just either me, me having the flu or me having, eating too much candy or something. And like, I try to think about back to all the times that I got sick and 
um, they're, they're all pretty low end things. They're nothing like super yeah. traumatic, nothing super scary. The only really bad part was the food poisoning thing. But even then I knew he wasn't going to die. I knew he was fine. He, he was, he drove all the way home after that and was okay. But it's just, I have, I don't know if, if I just put it in my head as a fight or flight thing. And I feel like I'm going to die if it happens. Or if I feel like if I got sick, maybe I would end up dying or have some terrible illness and end up, I just, I don't really know sometimes why I'm afraid of it. And I think some of us feel that same way where we look at it and we're just like, why, why am I afraid of throwing up? I just don't even understand it. It's just something that has become such a scary thing in my brain. And it's been eight years since I've even been sick. And I've been very, like, very good about it, not being sick, not getting the flu. I've had a couple colds here and there, but it's been very low-end stuff that hasn't bothered me too much. So I'm afraid to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I I don't even know if my body can be sick at this point. (laughs) I'm starting to question if my stomach physically can do it because the last few times I have, well, one of the times as a child I was asleep, so I don't even remember what that felt like. And then the only other times is when I did go over my limit with alcohol. So I was couldn't remember it properly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm honestly not even sure what it's like. Same. I and I think it. that that might be the fear. Maybe it's just um, the irrationalization of being like, well, what is it going to be like? You know, and maybe that's the scariness of it all for us is like, I don't know what it's going to be like. Maybe it's going to be absolutely terrifying and the worst thing in the world. Maybe it's going to cure me of my emetophobia. Maybe it'll just make me feel normal again and I won't have this anymore in my life. And I think that's just like the unknown is what's so scary maybe for me is I just, I don't know how it's going to feel. And it's, and I've been to the point where I'm over the toilet about to do it. You know what I mean? And just like, come on, just do it. And I've felt so sick before, but I just literally can't. Like my body will not let me do it anymore. I think I've just, I've almost conditioned my body to make it so I can't do that kind of stuff. I I, I can feel really sick like I do get mm-hmm. a lot of stomach issues I take a lot of heartburn stuff that's one mm-hmm. one of my remedies you know like you said some people take mints mm-hmm. mine is actually a rennie that that helps me and my stomach stop feeling sick what what is that a rennie is like a it's it's a heartburn remedy so it's like okay. a so like a like an antacid type pill yeah or a yeah. tablet okay gotcha yeah um because yeah I just I don't know if my body my body just won't let me be sick now but it's not to say that I don't ever feel sick like my whole house could have a bug and I I just never cap I just never get it I don't know what what it is or is it because I am so OCD maybe that is crazy and you know I've heard of people um I don't know if it's true or not but I've heard of people beating cancer with only their mind just literally convincing their own body to attack the the tumor and kill the tumor without any kind of medication whatsoever and it's it's like i don't think it's very like common but i feel like uh, i've heard a couple stories about it where people have overcome illnesses or overcome a really really bad virus by just conditioning their body and really believing that they're going to be better i don't know what if there's a lot to that but it it could be some sort of scientific thing where where we uh we have just our mind has made our body so strong with the um uh, being able to fight off sicknesses maybe that's just what it is maybe we're just really good at being healthy <laughs> it's a bit of that and for me it's a bit of we are so careful with food and yeah I, like I am OCD as well I wash my hands a lot and you mm-hmm. know all that kind of stuff and careful where we eat in a restaurant and I think that that's got something to do with it definitely of course in my experience yeah. like my husband is just like oh it's two days out of day it'll be fine and I'm like, yeah. 
Nope. <laughs> Even <laughs> sometimes if it's on the day of it going out of day, I'll still bin it. Yep. Or if somebody leaves it on the counter for too long or yeah. something, or yeah, it's just, I know sometimes like yesterday we had chip dip and my girlfriend just left it on the counter for like two hours. I ended up taking a nap and I woke up and I saw it still sitting there and I was just like, I can either throw it away or I could just try to remember that it was sitting on the counter that long. But then I'm just like, it's probably fine though. Like it's probably not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's still okay. It's just like, I'm not going to be able to eat it now because I knew it sat on the counter. And that's something that she would never even think about. She's just yeah. going to throw it back in the fridge. She'll eat it again tomorrow. Everything's fine with her. But for me, it's like, nope, I'm never going to touch that again. I'd rather just throw it away. It's so wasteful. It's not worth it's it. Like, it's yeah, not worth the worry. For sure. Like, you'll yeah. literally be worrying all night. And what's, there's just no point. Just throw it in the bin. It's just easier. <laughs> Exactly. Which I think is kind of a, almost a negative thing in a way, because it's, it's further um, giving us a reason to give into the emetophobia versus actually mm. dealing with it sometimes. I think if, if, for instance, there's a guy I was talking to and he said that a thing he does is um, he used to have to like use a straw every time you drink and then he'd have to take the straw out, put a new one in every time you take a drink, just in case, because he didn't know if anybody took a drink out of his drink or whatever. Wow. And I was like, next time, man, just drink, just don't throw the straw away one time. And if you feel really bad about it, then throw it away after that, but just try it once and see how you feel afterwards and just put forth that little bit of effort to try to, to try to like combat against the emetophobia versus giving into it every single time, you know? And I think I've done that over the years too, is I've just tried to do the things that make me feel uncomfortable, but in a slow way, in a, in a smaller way. And then uh, realize at the end, like, I'm fine. Everything's good. Like I'm, I'm good to go and nothing happened that was wrong. And then I do it again the next time I make a game out of it and try to see like how much I can really deal with before it becomes too much. And I don't, maybe that's not the healthiest thing to do in the world, but the it same. has helped me over the years. Yeah. I try to make, yeah. make a game out of it. So I went on a jet ski last year. I think it was mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. Last year. Um, and I think in my mind, I thought, well, I'll just get in the sea and I'll step on the jet ski and I'm in control and it'll all be fine. And then we got there and it was like, so you get on this banana boat oh. and then that takes you out to sea and then you get on the jet ski and in a nutshell, it was the worst experience of my life and I did feel sick. And then the jet ski just, I kept going out of the like border so it kept stopping in the middle of the sea, which then made me feel sick. And then they put me in this boat because I weren't doing it properly. So then I felt even more sick. It was oh, awful. No. It was the worst experience. But I did it. You got through um, it, yeah. I would never do it again. But at least now I've done it. And those little things like that are what's going to eventually start to um, accumulate in your mind and help you out with that recovery in the end of yeah. your life. Because it's those things that we can get through. We know we can get through it. You know, It makes us stronger every time. So that's good. It's really good. Trying to think of the questions I was going to ask. I always like get blank in my head every time. Yeah, we just um, stumbled on a bit, didn't we? I know you talked about the antacids and stuff. How do you cope with your emetophobia on a regular basis when it gets bad? Um, so the general stuff, I think because I've got the OCD as well, I think sometimes when people have got emetophobia, they generally do have OCD as well, whether they realize mm -hmm. it or not. Yeah. Um, so it's just like a cleanliness thing. Um, I'm quite frequently checking the dates on food so that's like it helps but I think sometimes the other things on the other side of it is like just going out for a walk um I don't know just like getting your generally mind off getting of it. out getting out and about getting my mind off of it yeah yeah it definitely helps oh, yeah. and I think well that's probably you know it 
just getting out you, and about. You've never done any like mints or gum or anything? That's never been a thing for you? No, no, I, really? I read it a lot, but and yeah. I've read where people like constantly drinking water because I think that like drinking the water will keep it down. Yeah. And I, and I think that's where we are all different. Like I'm, mm-hmm. majority of the time, I, I think mine is more of a fear of other people than myself okay. because I am now 35 and I've spent most of my years not being sick. Yeah. Um, the only time it becomes about myself is with food. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I think for me, I am not too bad. I don't have to do the mints and stuff. It is generally, if I'm eating out in a restaurant, I have to check like the hygiene rating and all that kind of stuff. Whereas my friends are just walking to wherever the fancy that night, not even worry. That's the other thing I end up doing. I've just remembered. Um, ordering the most boring thing off the menu because I know I won't get poorly from it. <laughs> so like vegetarian yep. option or like cheese on toast. I don't know. Sure. No, I do the yeah. same thing. Yeah. I just get like, well, and I, I never had a problem with chicken. Honestly, it was always like chicken was like my safe meat that I could eat for some reason. Wow. Um, so it was like, I always wanted chicken tenders. Cause I knew like they were going to throw them in a fryer and fry the crap out of them. And they were probably going to be fine. And I'd always break them into little pieces and like check every little piece and make sure yeah. they were all good first. And so that was like my safe food. But, uh, and then yeah, burgers and I'd be like extra, extra well done. <laughs> it was like always my thing. And then just like extra well done fries all the time. But now I've, I've been really, um, kind of pushing myself and trying new foods. And, and I, I've been a little bit more vegetarian because I realized like eating chicken and French fries all the time is not good for you. And like eating crackers and, and chips all the time is just not good for your body. So I try to eat more salads. I try to eat more greens and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like you're being healthy is a big part of it. Your restaurants are more exciting than mine. That's probably why. Yeah, <laughs> they don't they don't fry the chicken for nope. us. No, it's like grilled and boring. Never ordered everything the chicken here here. is fried. It's like you can get fried ice cream at the restaurant wow. sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to work at a Mexican restaurant called Las Senoritas, and they had just some of the weirdest food. And they had they had a it was a whole cookie like a cookie dough, and they put it on a um, skillet and throw it through the oven and then you put it like three big scoops of ice cream and then you put a big scoop of fried ice cream right on top of that and that was fried the dessert. ice cream like what even is i just you just take a, a couple scoops of ice cream they, i think it comes already pre-made and then you it's like um coated in like a breading and then you yeah. and it, like the breading keeps it all together and you put it in the fryer it's like 15 seconds and it just kind of crisps the crisps up the outside and the inside stays pretty frozen and it's 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 actually <laughs> really good it's super good stuff but yeah, there's some weird food here, I guess. I just, I kind of don't think about other countries and stuff, what they eat, I guess. No, sometimes. you don't, do you? Yeah, it, it, it tends to be like steak for me over here. You like, can't go wrong with the steak, I suppose. Yeah. As long as the outside is cooked, you, you're pretty good to go. Sure, um, yeah. But I do, I do like mine well done, which probably ruins it, but that's <laughs> just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I think like what you were saying on food, so do you have sprouts and Yorkshire puddings? Uh, we have sprouts. Um, I don't know if it's the same thing that you're talking about, I guess. Like ours green. is like, yeah, ours is just like spinach usually. That's what sprouts is. It's like a bunch of spinach, spinach leaves and stuff like that. Oh, no, sprouts is a different thing, man. Gotcha. Our sprout is like a round green veg. We have it at Christmas. Yeah, I've never really seen a sprout before. And then a Yorkshire yeah. pudding, that's what we're famous for as well. If you've ever had Yorkshire one of those. Yorkshire pudding. I've yeah, heard Yorkshire of it. Pudding. I've never had it. Yeah. 
I know I say Yorkshire. I'm just like Yorkshire. so American about. <laughs> I think it's funny as well. Like when I watch like Family Guy and stuff, they always expect the English people to be quite posh. So you all expect yeah. us to talk like the Queen. But right. that is just that's just London. Like I'm I'm quite northern, so we're a bit more common, as I say. Gotcha. And I think that's the same with us up here in Michigan. Like everybody thinks we're just a bunch of like lumberjacks who live in the woods and stuff. And it's like, no, we're pretty just normal people. Like it's, but there is a lot of like, we say a, a lot and oh all the time. Like, Oh, I'm getting right past you there, bud. And it's like, you kind of get this like Canadianish accent because we live so close to Canada, but I'm then you go down state. And, I want to see what, where it is on yeah, um, we're like, yeah, up northern, northern United States, like right under Canada. We have all that, all the lakes around us there. But uh, yeah, I, I go down state sometimes, even like lower Michigan and then like down to the other states and everyone's just so mean. It's like, they're all just so rude and nobody says hello to you. And it's like up here where I live, everyone's super nice and friendly and always like saying, oh, how are you doing today? But it's just like super nice people here. So I like living up here. But Oh yeah, I bet it's nice where you are. I'm just looking at the map. I live in uh, Traverse City. So if you look at the mitten where, where Michigan is, I'm right up in the yeah. pinky area. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I've never been. State. I've never been to America. I've always wanted to go, but probably the emetophobia has held me back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, same with that. I don't want to go to Europe. I'm scared to go to Europe. I don't know where what it's going to be like there. Go? I would want to go, if I could go anywhere. Hmm. You know, I, this is where I would go. I would go to either Scotland or Ireland is where I would go really? if I could go somewhere else. Because my family, we're Vandemarks, and we're from, I think, Denmark or something like that. I don't know where we're exactly from. But we have a castle in Ireland, I believe, called the McNamara Castle. And it's like our family castle. And it's like just, it's actually a brewery now. They, they make beer and stuff there. But yeah. I just want to go visit and just hang out and see what it's like to go to a castle one day. That's probably where I go. I mean, we got married in Scotland, so I've I've never been like properly to Ireland, so I don't know what you mean there, but I'm I'm assuming it's similar to where I've been in Scotland. Traveling just seems so scary. But once you're in England, you you would like have the time of your life because you you probably have to drive for like days. Yeah. (laughs) And and you can drive from like the top of England to the bottom in like ten hours, maybe. Yeah. Is, there a big a skate, is there a big skateboarding scene there <laughs> with all that rain? I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big skateboarder. Yeah, yeah, you, there is skateboarders around there. I mean, it's literally dark outside now. Yeah. yeah I know, it's like change. beautiful out here today. This is oh. like our last fun week. Oh, yeah. It definitely changed a lot. It does. Like, when we change the clock, do you change the clocks in America? Yeah, we just recently yeah. did, yeah. That, that's when we notice it. It's just dark so early. Yeah, same. It gets dark here at like 6 p.m. And then it, it gets uh, light at like 6 a.m. now. So it's really light in the morning, but dark at night. So Yeah. What time is it there now, then? Right now, it's 11.43 in the morning. Yeah, 5 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're about at five hours apart or so. Yeah. So. Learning. Well, yeah. Um, let's touch on, do you have any advice for anybody who has a metaphobia? Um. I think definitely figuring out where it stems from has helped me. Um, it helps you rationalise it a bit. I think um, speaking with others in a similar situation or even if you've just got the OCD and not the emetophobia, I think it's good to talk about it. 
and being honest about it if you can. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend EMDR to everybody. Definitely do some research on that if you're struggling. It, it absolutely changed changed my life in loads of ways that I won't even bore you with. Um, like being honest, for a long time I was sleeping with a baby gate on my bedroom door just to be in control of, at least in yeah. one room of my house. Um, Very controlling it, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once I've done the MDR, it definitely. Yeah, well, I've got rid of the baby gates. That were ridiculous. Um, and just, yeah, like, don't push yourself too hard because it's it's not going to fix... That is definitely going to fix you. Like, trying to force anything is not going to fix it. But just in your own time, just try the new things if you can. Baby steps, yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Well, we're about 45 minutes in. Um, wow. Is there anything else you want to say before we head out? No, I don't think so. It's been nice chatting. For sure. Where can uh, everybody find you at if you if you wanted to share? Um, I'm on Instagram, the Yorkshire Clayton, because okay. I live in Yorkshire. There you go. Beautiful. All right. Happy, um, yeah, happy I'll. To talk definitely. It was really fun. Yeah, I, this is the you're the second person from the UK who's uh, been on the podcast, Brilliant. so it's exciting. No, it's I, I want to get some more people from other countries and different places yeah. and stuff. So it's been really fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. We'll have you on again sometime. All right. Brilliant. I'll speak to you soon. Awesome. Have a good day. See you later. Bye. Bye. Just wanted to end this one out with telling you guys that you can find me over on Instagram at the Emetophobia podcast. My email is theemetophobiapodcast at gmail.com. There's a Facebook group called Emetophobia Community and a website called emetophobias.com. So go check us out on all of those things. Um, this, pl- this podcast is on all platforms. Make sure to leave a review if you like the episode. And uh, you guys have a wonderful day. Have a good one.